888-77-JESSE, 888-77-JESSE is the number. We have with us for this last hour, Reverend Dr. Allen N. Johnson, Jr. He is the pastor of Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church out of Connecticut. Good morning, Reverend. Thanks for coming on. Good morning, and thank you for thinking about me and having me. I appreciate it very much. All right. Thank you, sir. Um, how, what's the size of your congregation, the number? My, my congregation, like all congregations, we have three sets of membership. We have 1,000 people on the road. We have 500 to take communion and 300 tithers. Amazing. <laughs> so that's who we that's who we are. Reverend, I want to talk to you about spiritual things, but uh, because you're a pastor, because you're black, black folks uh, are confused about some of the uh, well, not, well, social issues that are happening in our country, which are political in, in a sense. And uh, one of them is um, uh, illegal aliens. How should black Americans feel about illegal aliens, the illegal alien situation? Well, I think that black people are just like any other people. There's a whole wide variety of uh, different opinions amongst us. But my opinion is that black people, we ought to welcome aliens. We ought to welcome them. We ought to welcome them and go overboard for them to come into this country. Number one, the oppressor, the persons who have been uh, in control of this society are arrogant simply because of their numbers. As long as they are such a huge majority, then uh, they will always be arrogant and they will always make sure that poor people and black people do not have equality and do not have their rights and certainly frees them out of economic reality. Secondly, those illegal aliens going out into the field picking cabbage and lettuce and grapes and things that we can't get our inner-city children to go. They ain't going to no farm. <laughs> they ain't going out. Come on now. Talk to me. They ain't going out. They're trying to get them to go to McDonald's is uphill. <laughs> so that those, those people want to do work that our young people do not have any interest in whatsoever. Who are so the not let them work? Who are the oppressors, Reverend? Well, I'll be honest with you. My own opinion is a rich, powerful, white people who have no concern about the well-being of poor, black, and Hispanic, and people of color. Secondly, oppressors are black people who sell drugs and who uh, are oppressing their own people. They're even worse than whites. So we we have those kinds of oppressors, and we need to unify and work against them full time. A lot of Christian blacks are concerned that the the uh, Ill, uh, illegals are coming in illegally, and they are breaking the law, and they are getting the same privileges privileges that uh, black citizens should be getting. Uh, should Christians be concerned that these folks are breaking the law? Is that right for them to come in breaking the law? I guess all of us need to be concerned about breaking the law, but we also need to be concerned about history. What we call 
New Mexico and Arizona and all of those places, they used to be Mexico. And the, and the illegal, you want to talk about illegal, the Europeans came and they took that land away from them and annexed it to what they call the United States of America. So the people coming in to this country from Mexico are simply coming back to their own ancient territory. Secondly, when we talk about uh, this country being illegal, the United States of America talking about something being illegal. Listen, they don't let the Jamaicans in. If they run a, a, a traffic light, they deport them back to Jamaica. They have not been legal or right with Haitians. But if you're from Poland or France, you can come in to this country in a heartbeat. You don't have to have any of the structures. They just want to keep people of color out, and that's illegal. And that's what black, that's what black Christians ought to be concerned about, about what's illegal. It's illegal for the way that the Bush administration treats people of color. They let Haitians die in the water. So, you know, I'm, I'm I, I appreciate your feedback. You know, a lot of uh, illegals are coming in, and you mentioned that. Uh, the white people took the land away from them. Uh, one of their plans uh, is to take the land back. The, the illegals want to take back California and Texas, uh, Arizona. Should America give the land back to the illegals? See, so we're talking about white oppressors. They don't care anything about reparations, about doing the right thing, about... Um, uh, white people. They, they're black uh, people. Reverend, are you on a Reverend? Are you on a cell phone or a land phone? I'm on a cell phone. Okay, don't move about because you're fading out, and I want the people to hear your advice. All right, I hear you. Uh, I hear you. Uh, should we give? Do you have a land phone we can call you on? Yeah, we lost. He's faded away. Uh, Malcolm, see if we can call him back and see if there's a land phone. Can, can you hear me? Reverend, do you have a land phone? That yes, we can... I'm, go I'm going to a land phone right this minute. I'll be there in exactly three minutes. I'll call you when I get there. Is okay, right? yeah, do that for me, Reverend, because we're missing. You're going in and out on your cell. All right. Okay. All right. I'll, be right, I'll be right there. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. 888 jesse 888 That is uh, Reverend Dr. Alan N. Johnson, Jr. He is the pastor of Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church out of Connecticut. And what I'm trying to do is to get a better understanding of what blacks should be doing in these issues. I really appreciate the Reverend uh, voice and what he feels about it. And also, uh, we got to get him back. He's uh, was on his cell, and as you can see, we could not. He was fading in and out. It's hard to do those interviews on cell phones. I've tried them myself. And if you move, if you turn left or you turn right, especially if you turn left, you're gonna fade out. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, you gotta turn it out. So he's gonna be calling back in a few minutes. All right. Uh, in the meantime, lines are open if you should have uh, questions or comment for the Reverend or, my, or, or myself, 888-77-JESSE, uh, 888-77-JESSE. 
E. 8877-JESSE. And Jesse, there's no I, folks. J-E-S-S-E, all right? It's uh, 57... Five three seven seven three five three seven seven three. We gotta get the Reverend back. In the meantime, check out my website at bondinfo.org. B o n d i n f o dot o r g. Help us out, folks. Help us to help others. Support this radio show. Okay, welcome back to the show with uh, Reverend Doctor Allen and Johnson Jr. is my guest, and he'll be back with us in a moment, folks. In the meantime, President Bush is meeting with. The Republican representatives up on Capitol Hill there today, they're having lunch together. The president is trying to convince them to support his amnesty bill. Uh, it was voted down. Many Republicans refused to vote for it because they have they had an outcry from their uh, the people that they represent represent, and so the folks said no to it, and the uh, representatives said no, they were they would not vote for it. Kennedy is in favor of this bill, folks. Ted Kennedy. Can you imagine? Ted Kennedy support this amnesty bill. Most of the Democrats support this amnesty bill. Isn't that enough to let you know that something's wrong with it? Do you need any other evidence? The Democrats want these illegals here because they believe that they're going to vote for them. And most of the time, not all the time, but most, when you depend on the government to provide for you, you tend to vote for Democrats. So, and even in Texas today, folks, right now, there are folks voting, illegally voting. Illegal aliens are voting. Registered voters. And you know how they found out about it? Is that many of them, and I believe this was in San Antonio, Texas area, that thousand, a couple thousand of illegal voted. And they were sent notice. Some of them were sent notices to come in for jury duty, and they said no. They didn't want to do jury duty. They didn't want to perform jury duty. And uh, so, if you don't go in, or you don't give a good reason why you can't, they investigate your background. They found out that these folks were illegals. Isn't that amazing? Um. Hopefully, uh, uh, the producer, is the producer aware that he should be getting the guests back? Um, and so they, uh, they, they didn't want to do jury, perform jury duty. So can you imagine they want to be here and receive all the benefits of, uh, that this country has to offer, 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 offer. But yet they don't want to serve the country. They don't want to. Uh, <laughs> they don't want to do jury duty. Perform jury duty. Isn't that amazing? And so they found out that many of these folks who are registered to vote in uh, San Antonio, Texas, and the other parts of Texas, Dallas, and other surrounding areas there, are illegals. So my question is, how is it that they were able to? go in and vote. How were they able to do that? Don't you have to show some type of ID or something? How did they register to vote without a proper ID? Are there desperate Democrats out there? It's a question. Are there desperate Democrats out there signing these votes up knowing that they're illegal? Yeah. 
Is that going on? What in the world is going on in this country? Where is America? I want America back. I want uh, the, the city that was built on a hill. I want that back. Is that possible? Did you ever think for a second that one day people would be able to come in illegally and uh, vote while the folks who are trying to come through in the right way through the front door are having problems. Let's go back to my guest, Reverend uh, Dr. Alan Johnson, Jr., pastor of Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church out of Connecticut. Pastor, I'm glad you're back. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you. I'm terribly sorry about um, the breakup with the cell phone. Yeah, it's hard to do interviews on a cell phone. I've tried it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, and I apologize. I want to go back to the uh, question, the statement that illegals are coming in, and they want to take back the country, and you admitted that America took this country away from the Mexicans or Indians or whomever, and their plan, one of their plans, is to take back uh, parts of the country. Should we give it back to them? Oh, then they don't want to take back the country. First off, let me say this. When you asked me earlier who the oppressors are, I'll tell you, I honestly believe that the George Bush administration that we are presently suffering under is an oppressive and very divisive administration. They qualify 100% for the term oppressor. Give me examples of a couple examples of how the Bush administration is uh, uh, oppressing the people. Well, number one, their main thing, the main thing that we're talking about now is they're turning black Americans, black Christians against their own people. When Haitians come into this country, Jamaicans come into this country, anybody from the Caribbean, anybody from South America, Latin America, all of those are our people. All of those people have African blood in them. And we're running around worrying about them because the Bush calls them, the Bush administration calls them illegal aliens. What's illegal is for a company to post the $10 billion a quarter profit and bleed this country at the pump. That's illegal. Reverend, you make a good point in that they are sending the uh, black Haitians back and folks like that, but there's a, a fight to keep the illegal, uh, other illegals here, Hispanics and others here. Why, why don't the black leadership fight to keep the Haitians here if they're going to keep the Mexicans here? They need to fight. Why aren't they fighting for it? They, they, need they are to fight fighting for the black leadership. Black leadership are fighting to keep the illegal Mexicans here, but they're not fighting to keep the Haitians here. Why is that? Because, because the administration, the immigration administration, the immigration authority has taught them that those people have AIDS, and if they come into this country, that um, they will infect us with AIDS and we'll have to pay for them. And I'm saying we have AIDS in this country already. So that's a, might as well bring some more in, huh? And I'm not saying bring more in. I'm just saying that that's not an excuse not to let black people in when you're letting people from other parts of the world in. Yeah. And obviously they've got it. 
Yeah, they're bringing diseases, that's for sure. They're bringing diseases in with them. My final question, uh, I believe, on the illegal alien situation and what blacks should feel about it, what they should do, in places like South Central Los Angeles, uh, Reverend Johnson, uh, the illegals are coming in and in Texas and uh, Arizona, and they hate black Americans. They don't want to live next to blacks. They are running blacks out of their own communities. They are taking the jobs away from black Americans, day labor work and stuff like that for uneducated blacks. Uh, they're keeping their wages down. And there's a hostility between blacks and illegals in this city that if something is not done, it's going to explode, I believe. Mm-hmm. How uh, should blacks uh, be angry? And, oh, one other thing about the illegals in Mexico, blacks are considered second class citizens. They're looked down upon. So the folks are coming here with that same attitude uh, toward black Americans. Should blacks be okay with that, or how should they handle that? I think, I think number one, we have to always recognize that those people have been taught to hate us by an absolutely illegitimate regime. They've been taught to hate us by white people. If they keep us divided at one another's throats. But whites are not ruling in Mexico. Mexicans are ruling there. Oh, but they are being taught by white people. I mean, the whole notion of what a black person is, they didn't get that from Mexicans. They got that from white Americans. And the white Americans go down there and spread that venom and that hatred. That's number one. But secondly, we as black people, all we have to do to turn this thing around is learn how to speak Spanish. We need to be able to talk to the Spaniards directly ourselves, and that will reduce all of that hatred. So if as long as we've got to interpret and speak through the white man's language, we won't be able to solve it. It'll only get worse. So you're saying English is the white man's language, white man's language, and that blacks need to learn Spanish so that they can in this country, so that they can communicate with the illegals, and then they'll get along. That's my point. I'm saying, hey, listen, blacks have a language that we communicate with each other in. We talk to each other differently than we do when we're around white people. We have our own language. But I'm simply saying as long as we have got to depend on white people to communicate with the Hispanics, you know, as long as we've got to depend on the intermediary, we'll never be able to talk to them ourselves. But shouldn't they, be, shouldn't they be required to learn English as they're coming into the black man's territory? And I'm just simply saying, I want you to hear yourself, English is the white man's language. What is the black the man's man, language? The white man has always controlled us through his language. And I'm saying, I'm not saying that they shouldn't learn English. Yes, they should. Black people need to learn English. What is the black man's language, Reverend, for black folks to know? You know, I, and you know, I... Us has got a way of talking to each other when we don't want other folk to know what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I don't mean a foreign language, you know. You mean Ebonics? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I'm, I, I believe that we ought to be conversant in Ebonics. Can you imagine if you, if we could speak Ebonics and Spanish, we could be able to talk to each other, and the oppressor would not know a word we're saying. <laughs> oh God, that's amazing. Uh, but blacks, 
Blacks wouldn't get anywhere in life if they spoke Ebonics. Not if that's all they spoke. I'm not saying, I'm saying that blacks, Hispanics, everybody needs to learn basic classical English. We need that. I'm not saying to throw that out. Well, you, I'm simply saying yeah, also we are capable of much more than we're giving ourselves credit for. We can speak. In, in Africa, you find a seven-year-old, they speak seven languages. At nine, by the time they're 10 years old, they are speaking seven and eight different languages, including French but and e- tree. Ebonics is not a language, though. Well, you can, and, and I don't think, and I don't want you to get stuck there. Right. Don't get, don't get stuck, you know, whether Ebonics is a language or not. It is a way that black people have used to communicate with one another, and it has been... Uh, denigrated by white folks, and I'm saying we need to understand. Robin, let me take a quick break. We'll come back to you. 888-77-JESSE, 888-77-JESSE. Okay, folks, welcome back. Jesse Lee Peterson is here. We're going to take some calls. We have a few lines open if you want to jump in there. 888-77-JESSE, which is 53773. We're having an honest and open dialogue, uh, and I appreciate this, with Reverend Dr. Allen M. Johnson, Jr., pastor of Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church out of Connecticut. And we're going to tell you how to get in contact with the pastor if you are in his area and would like to attend his church or want, you know, you need something. We'll tell you how to get him. Pastor, uh, 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 last word about the oppressor. Seventy percent of black babies are born out of wedlock. Black on black crime out of control. Um, Blacks are not getting married. Um, they're not working for the most part, especially those who are not married, you know, single parents. And is that because of the white man? Oh, Malcolm, that's a very, <laughs> that's a very powerful question. It's a good question. We can't blame that pattern directly on the white man. But what we do have to take a look at all of the causes for it, all right? For example... Where did black people learn that having gold around their neck and getting a Lexus or a, a BMWs and all of, and, and the little spinners, and where do we learn all of that stuff? And when we take a look at the movies and we see people who um, are, are having sex out of wedlock, we're not going and supporting our churches and our churches need to make sure that our leadership is really highly educated and well-qualified. We are abandoning the ways that our people uh, brought us, that really made us who we are. We're abandoning those ways for capitalism, for democracy hooked up with capitalism, and we become people who spend rather than people who save. So and black that comes from the white community. That comes from the superculture. We don't share anymore. All of that stuff that's in our history and our heritage, we are abandoning it. But we are certainly getting a whole lot of help. Who who's funding the the rap music and the people wanting to uh, make um, their way in life through that 
genre. That's the white man's industry. Who, who, who controls football and basketball and all of our kids dying to be in the NBA and in the NFL? But who gets the money? Who controls that? Nobody but the white man. And these black kids not wanting to go to school, they don't, they, they don't want to go. They just want to get them a contract. They don't want a, a bachelor's <laughs> degree. <laughs> what uh, um, In the area of abortion, uh, Reverend Johnson, since the early 70s, mm. over um, 15 million black babies have been aborted inside the black woman's womb. Every day, over 1,500 black babies are aborted. Abortion was uh, uh, started by a woman, by the, a white woman by the name of uh, Margaret Sanger. Yeah. And her, I, her plan was to wipe out the underclass. And her mind, black people were the underclass. And Planned Parenthood, uh, which was also founded by this woman, is still carrying out Margaret Sanger's wish in that they are supporting killing black children inside the wombs. What, how should black preachers feel about that? What should they do? And how, what should they tell black women and black people about this? There, there's no, no doubt about it in my mind that it is against the will of God, that abortion really is not God's plan. And what happens is you get these uh, young children, these young 13, 14-year-olders who um, they go and they, they listen to this music that talks about let's lay down, let's do all the turn out, the, let's put on a, all, all of this stuff, let me do you, you know, all of this foul stuff, but that gets into their value system. Yes. It gets into their value system from the movies, from the television, and then all of a sudden it's all right to have premarital sex. We've got some weak brothers that are 20 and 21 years old. They can't really stand up to a strong black woman. So what do they do? They pick on these little 13 and 14-year-old girls who don't know anything yet and impregnate them. And so here we are looking at incredible amounts of abortions and too many children being born to one-parent families, to one-parent teenage families. And so... That whole pattern can be interrupted by the black church getting out of the walls and stop praising God, praise him, praise him, praise Well, sure, praise God, but that's not enough. Yeah. I don't, you, can't, you can't praise God on Sunday and not be in the schools on Wednesday and not be talking to these young children, not to be... Um, so the black churches should... Uh uh, preachers and should go into the schools to encourage these kids not to have sex and abortions and all that? Preachers and lay people yeah. and everybody. We need to be talking and establishing relationships with these young people. Should they also go, uh, most of these abortion clinics set up by Planned Parenthood are found within the black communities across yeah. the country. Should the black preachers go out and protest and shut those clinics down? No, I don't think so. Why I not? Think we because we need to convince our children, we need to convince them that that's not for them to do. It's much more powerful for them to make the decision themselves rather than to shut the clinic down. But what, why not shut the clinics down as well, since they are taking advantage of the black children? This abortion thing, are paid, uh, the abortions are paid by the government. 
And so the abortion clinics are making buku money off killing black babies. Why not shut the clinics down, too? Let me share this with you. Let me share this with you. When I was younger, I used to smoke cigarettes. You know, I used to love cool cigarettes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but thanks to some education and thanks to uh, people who love me, I quit smoking 30 years ago. And you can put a whole carton, you can put a whole case of cigarettes right there. I won't touch not one of them. That's a good point. The power is inside of me, and we've got to put that power to resist that entire thing. So what happens? Those, those, those abortion clinics will go out of business anyhow because there will be nobody going to them. That's a very good point. You build a build a character of the people they wouldn't use the clinic. That's exactly right. Um, um, my other question about issues that blacks are concerned about: sixty percent of Black Americans say they do not support same-sex gay marriage, mm. or they do not support homosexuality. Um, how should blacks feel about same-sex marriage, homosexuality? What should they do about that? Well, I tell you the truth. Once again, I'm not a spokesman for black people. I can't tell black people how. No, to you're think. just you're the <laughs> reverend that's advising them on it. All I can say is this is what I think. I think that they are talked into believing that. I don't believe that it. You know, there's. I've looked at the biological evidence, and there's not enough there to sustain that this is a natural <laughs> act of God. I don't believe that. I agree. I don't believe it. And so, I think that they see so much of it now, they're exposed to so much of it, and they experiment with it, and then they make the decision. And there's so much notoriety about it. If you get a little child that think that they think, oh, I want to be gay, and, and then, oh, everybody, <laughs> they get so much attention that some other kids will want it, and and it just spirals. Reverend, spirals. This, month, this month, June, June is the uh, gay month. Gay Pride Month, and they go into the public schools, especially inner city schools, and they teach this lifestyle to black children, and they've been allowed to get away with it because most black parents are not together. They're not married, so no one is watching over the children. Should black preachers go into these public schools and run that lifestyle out? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. They ought to go into the public schools and inspire people about the joy of marriage. Yeah. See, rather than us confronting the gays and fighting against them, because I believe that they're here to stay. And I tell you what, the United States of America is going to be a lot like ancient Greece and ancient Rome. This society is going to die because of all of this foolishness. I agree they with think that. that it can't die, but it is in the process of dying. And, you know, we can just sit down and crunch some numbers and say how long it's going to take it to die. We have to teach people to love what it means to be heterosexual, to be married to one one man, married to one woman. We have to talk about the joys of it and inspire and encourage people. Nothing I like better than looking into the face of a 15-year-old who has made the decision to save herself until she That's gets right. married. I agree with that. I want to go quickly back to President Bush and, and Bill Clinton. I'm going to let you go back to Bush. I don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> who, was, who was better for black Americans, Bill Clinton or President Bush? Well, listen, there can be no doubt that Bush is bad for all 
all Americans, particularly black Americans. His, his lying to this country has cost 3,500 lives of our youngest and our brightest. They died in Iraq alone. But there's no evidence that he lied, Reverend. Oh, yeah, it is. No, the information that he had, uh, everybody had it. Bill Clinton, everybody had the same information. He lied. There was only one weapon of mass destruction. Because I'll tell you how I know he lied. Because the United Nations told him that there were no weapons of mass destruction there. And if there were, they would find them. But you can't trust the United Nations. They hate America. They're not going to support us. They hate America because of George Bush. No, they hate (laughs) <laughs> they did not. No, listen. Remember, they under, hated under, us under before Bill Bush Clinton, came along. Under Bill Clinton, the United States of America was internationally respected. Inside of three years of the Bush administration, then we were not only hated, but disrespected throughout the entire world. We are the most hated nation on this planet. And that only became possible under the Bush administration. Uh, let me ask Would this, you Reverend. disagree with that? Let me ask this. Uh, when President Clinton was in office, the world didn't, didn't, uh, didn't love us, but they didn't respect us because we had become a, uh, under his administration, we became uh, 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 immoral society. So they saw us as being weak. With President Bush, they hate us because we are becoming strong. You can't be serious. Are you serious? (laughs) Do you really believe that? Uh, That's that's what I'm reading. That's what I'm gathering is that they lost respect for us because we had a president, uh, Bill Clinton, who was disrespectable. And now we have a president who I don't agree with on some issue, but... He is respectable, and that's what they hate us for. George Bush is respectable. Hold that thought, Reverend. I'll let you uh, respond to that when I come back. (laughs) Okay, folks, we're winding down our last segment with uh, Reverend Dr. Allen in Johnson, Jr., pastor of Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church out of Connecticut. And we're going to give out his email on his website so that you can visit the church uh, when in the area. Reverend, let's talk about the difference between um, Bill Clinton and uh, President Bush. Uh, Bill Clinton was morally bankrupt in that he cheated on his wife. He lied under oath. He perjured himself. He was impeached. He lied to the American people. Uh, so, And yet he was called the first black president. Whereas there is no evidence that President, real evidence that President Bush has done any of those things. So morally, who would be best for black Americans and our country, Clinton or Bush? I deeply regret that Bill Clinton, who had sex with an intern, and he should have not lied about it, worked it out with his wife, and kept it a private affair. I really wish. But there is no way under the kingdom of heaven that that compares with 3,500 of our children dead on the soil in Iraq. That's totally immoral. Let me tell you the other thing is that George Bush lied to this country. He lied to this country. But there's no evidence, Reverend, that he lied. Let me finish. 
is nothing but evidence that he lied. But he lied that he said he was going to sponsor a constitutional amendment to uh, to uh, prevent gay marriage. Since he was reelected, he used black people. He used some of these preachers who stood up and said, go vote for George Bush because of his morality. And since he got reelected, he hasn't mentioned constitutional amendment. And that's a lie because he knows if he opens the Constitution, he's got to open it and all of the amendments become suspect. So well, Reverend, I, he lied. Now, come on. Let's let me say, let me say this to you. Much worse. Let me say this country. to you. You're but, absolutely right in that he promised to amend the Constitution, stating that a marriage is between one man and one woman. And he lied He did not that. do that, and I'm angry about that. So you, I'm with you on that, but I disagree with you that he lied about the war in Iraq. He lied because about the war in He Iraq. had the same evidence you, that everybody else the had. Evidence is, the evidence is that Halliburton, Halliburton, which is his vice president's company, has had five unbidded contracts. Reverend, because of oil, he went to war with Iraq because Saddam Hussein insulted his father, and he went to, took this country into war for revenge. I know a lot of people believe that, but let me ask: Do you uh, believe or agree that we are we are at war, and uh, a war that we've never had to deal with before? In that there are. Muslim, radical Muslim out there, uh, people who believe in the Islam religion who want to wipe us out because we are Christians, Christians, we are a free nation, and we support Israel. Malcolm. Do you believe that it's a good versus evil war? Malcolm. Jesse. Malcolm is the producer. Uh, uh, Jesse is the host. Oh, and you're Jesse? I'm Jesse. I'm sorry. No problem. Yeah, go ahead. I thought I was still... <laughs> <laughs> and listen, thank you for your show, and I'm glad you are having people to address these issues. Yes. We need to read about them, and we need to think about them. That's right. But we cannot allow white America to turn us against our own people. We have nothing to fear from Islam. Just like, why isn't this country uh, fighting against all of the white Christian paramilitary troops that are in this country that hate this government and seek to wipe it out because they are white and they're Christian. And they are teaching us to hate brown-skinned Muslims simply because if they can keep us divided against each other, we will forever be in slavery to them. And they know that. And it is obnoxious at its core. But in, in uh, Africa, in parts of Africa, they are wiping out blacks over there who don't agree with their religion as well. And this has been done. These are all black nations, countries. Because, because they've been taught capitalism by a pure, thoroughbred beast. And that's who a, really has got them so crazed about money that they will even kill their own people. And, that, and that's the white man's fault, too? It is the white man's fault from the beginning. So it's very cool. So let me ask this. White people are to blame for all the destruction? At its core, absolutely. So what yeah. is wrong then with quote unquote people of color that they're so weak that they can't control themselves? Why do they if what you're saying is true, what's wrong with people of color that they allow themselves to become so destructive? Because they do not study their own history.
story and their own heritage. They don't know who they are, and they have abandoned their original spirituality. If we're talking about Christians, what was Christianity like? Number one, why are we here in this country if it weren't for hypocritical, unrighteous white Christians? And where did Africa learn about greed and diamonds and all of They learned that from the white man. But we were sold into slavery we by, by, by uh, 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 Arabs and blacks. Because they did not know what the Middle Passage was going to be. They did not know what was going to happen to them. They had been selling each other in slavery for centuries, but all that meant was that you work for a period of time. There was nothing like the horror of slavery in this country in Africa. So, yes, they did. Once you lost the war, you got sold. But not into what this country has perpetrated upon people for the past 500 years. Reverend, I want to ask about the two-party system here in this country. The Democratic platform, not all Democrat people, Democratic people, but the platform is uh, anti-God in that they don't want God mentioned in the public square, which include public schools. Uh, They believe in abortion, even up to the ninth month. Bill Clinton signed that in. Uh, partial birth abortion when he was in office. Uh, they uh, they support same-sex marriage, homosexuality. They don't believe in a strong military, whereas the Republican platform believe in God, believes in the family, believes in uh, the unborn child having a chance to live, a strong military. Ninety percent of black Americans support the Democratic platform rather than the Republican platform should they reverse that and go toward the Republican platform or support a platform that goes against everything God is about? Jesse, Jesse, we got to be sophisticated, man. We can't just take the Republicans' platform for at face value. But it's they have the taken the Democratic platform at face value. They are not. They are not. Ninety percent of them vote for them they, year in and year out. Because they are voting for those people who are sponsoring programs that benefit the black community, and that's all. They don't know nothing about what, what, what the Democrats believe. And the Democrats have a profound belief in God. And what they have... The Democrat, is, can you believe in God and, and, and support everything that is anti-God? You can't believe in what the Republicans tell you. No, but I'm asking, like you it. say the Democrat has a profound belief in God, but yeah, everything they promote... Uh, most of the things they promote, things they promote, is anti-God, and those are the same things that the Republicans believe in too. Believe me, N- not the platform. No, but they they will tell you anything to get your vote, and then once they get it, they don't act on what they say they believe. Did you vote you for can't. President Bush? I mean, President oh, Clinton? Absolutely not. No, Clinton. Yes, I voted for Clinton. Did you vote for him? Vote for him twice? I did. And do you vote for the Democrats? You vote for the platform? I don't. I vote for people. The, the Democratic people. Democrat I, people. I vote for people. Would you vote, vote for Hillary or Obama? Obama. Not Hillary? No, I will vote for Hillary if <laughs> she doesn't win. But she's, I mean, if she wins the Democratic nomination, I'll vote for her. But if it's between Hillary and Obama, you would go for Obama? Yes. Why is that? Simply because Obama is bright 
He's intelligent, and he is charismatic, and he has a chance of being the first black president of the United States. Give me one intelligent thing about Obama. Oh, but you haven't read his book? No, I haven't. Oh, well, I'll tell you what I really want to do. He's he's written two things, and both of them are very expiring. And let why don't you read them, and then we can talk again. Uh, Obama says that if elected, he's going to bring hope to the people. I I don't see how the government can bring you hope. Uh, the hope should come from God. Am I wrong? And be, and he has a profound belief in God. I know his church, I know his pastor, and he worships every single Sunday. His pastor, Jeremiah Wright, Jr.? That's exactly right. Yeah, he, uh, Jeremiah Wright, Jr. teaches black values, black principles, black Africa. And a black Jesus. And a black Jesus? He believes in the Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. A black one? Yes. Uh, if a white church did that, would they be wrong if they promoted white values? No, then, and that, what have they been doing, Jesse? <laughs> they ain't been doing nothing but promoting a white Jesus with blonde hair and blue eyes, which is absolutely wrong. Reverend, we have about a, two minutes left. What are black values? What should they be? What are they? Uh, Jeremiah Jr., Reverend Jeremiah Jr., uh, right, promotes those black values. What are black values? We should believe in the power of a resurrected Christ who gives us the victory over the devil, the world, and the flesh, period. And those are, are black values? Yes. But that's what white Christians promote as well. And that's what they ought to say. Right? You know, you know, I'm not against white people just because they believe in Jesus. But, they, uh, they believe in him, but they send people to war to die. Was Jesus well, black or white? Well, Jesus was black. There's no offense. But we've been proven. That's been proven. But the Bible said he was Jewish. And what makes you think Jewish? Jewish is a faith. It's not a color. Reverend, All of those people in Palestine are Afro-Asiatic people. Do you support They're Israel? Color. Should black, do you support Israel or Palestine? Oh, I do not support Israel's politics. It's the politics of Israel. Reverend, thank you for coming on. We're going to have you back, sir. God bless you. <laughs> well, you keep up the good thing. I will. Please. We need to dialogue. Thank you, sir. All right now. Bye. We're out of time. Bye.